You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right. Thank you, ladies, for the song tonight. Please go back in your Bibles, if you will. We're in Joshua chapter 22. Find your places in Joshua 22. When you find Joshua chapter 22, go one chapter after that and we're in Joshua chapter 23. Actually, we're in 23 tonight. Okay. Anybody ever heard the expression... There's a ditch on either side of the road. Anybody ever heard that expression? Yeah. Try to live your life in a balanced way. Basically what it's trying to to say that um, if you can stay balanced, if you can keep your life in perspective and not get so radical to one degree or the other, you stay on the road pretty much. And as we try to get radical or to go in directions that I think I'd rather go, sometimes you'll find yourself in the ditch rather than on the road. My wife is constantly smacking me while I'm looking for deer going down the interstate, and we hit the rumble bars and so forth, but we're still on the road, I tell her. I said, I've not gone in the ditch yet, but uh, so uh, just bear that in mind. As I'm going through, I'm going to read this chapter. I'm going to draw from one verse here tonight, but would you follow along with me? Remember, Joshua is at the end of his life. He's drawing to the the end, uh, for sure, of his military Um, campaign that he has had there in Canaan. So he's looking at his people and he's trying to give them some last minute, so to speak, admonitions and encouraging them to make sure that they they stay in the middle of the road, basically. And let's take a look at this, if you will, in uh, chapter 23. Uh, Follow along with me. And it came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And Joshua called for all Israel and for their elders and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age. And you've seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. (coughs) For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain. Excuse me. Um, Go back. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off, even unto the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight and ye shall possess their land, as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. I'm going to be preaching from verse 6, but I'd like to read the rest of the chapter tonight. Be therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that you turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left, where I get my title tonight. There's a ditch on either side of the road. Stay on the middle. That ye come not among these nations, 
These that remain among you, notice that they obviously have not wiped out all the nations around them, but there are some of them that still remain that have a little bit of work left to be done. So that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you, as he hath promised you. Take good heed therefore unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Else if ye do in any wise, go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they to you. Know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you, and scourges in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until ye perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. That's where I get this idea. He's just about gone. He's wanting to make sure if he can say some last thoughts, what would he want to say? And ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Therefore, it shall come to pass that as all good things are come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil things until he have destroyed you from off this good land, which the Lord your God hath given you. When ye have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you And ye shall perish quickly from off the good land which he hath given unto you. Hopefully you're able to stay with those uh, 16 verses. Um, They had some thickness to them, and it kind of lengthened the story out just a little bit. But I hope you kind of caught the heartbeat of what Joshua was trying to say to the rest of these armies concerning them and the nations that surrounded them and how how he expected them to live uh, in the word of the Lord. So uh, let me have a word of prayer. We'll get into this message here tonight. God, thank you again for your blessing on the Word of God. I do believe, God, it's the Word of God that changes our lives, that keeps us strong in the Lord, that establishes us, and helps us to have a walk pleasing to you. So I'm asking you to bless uh, this uh, message here tonight. May you be glorified in it all, and I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So one year while we were down in El Paso, I don't remember what year it was, it was in the last probably two or three years, my grandson uh, David said, Papa, would you play one of these games with me? And I'm not real good at playing kids' games, and this one was a video game, and all it was was cars going around the track. And I'm like, David, I'm not real good at that. Oh, Papa, you can play, and, uh, and let's see if I can beat you, racing you. Well, when I heard those words... This little seven-year-old kid, or however he was at the time, see if I can beat you, Papaw. Something pricked inside of me, and I'm like, 
I've had a driver's license for all these years. <clears throat> we'll see who can beat who. So I said, all right, give me those controls. And it's one of those things here like this. And, and so he's trying to explain to me. And the kid thinks you're just getting everything he says in 20 seconds. Papa, you do this and do that. And you turn like this and go like that. And then we're going to race. Are you ready, set? I'm like, and he goes, go. And he hits the button. And I just take off. And I punched it, man. I am going to. I'm going to show this kid I have a driver's license and I can beat him. And I can hear him giggling and, um, and we are about two minutes into this thing and, and he stops and says, I won. And he's at the finish line and I'm about 20 yards off the starting block. Seriously, uh, I had ran into three bridges, two fences. I took out uh, three concrete abutments or whatever those things are and everybody in the stands were running uh, from me. And he was laughing and laughing at me. Uh, and uh, he said, Paul, he said, you don't have to try to go so fast. He says, just keep your car on the middle of the track, take your time, and you'll get to where you were trying to go. Smart Alec. Little seven-year-old kid trying to tell me how to drive. And I could not play that game. I tried and tried and tried, and I couldn't get halfway around the track without going off the track. And he'd be sitting there waiting on me to, to try to get done. But what he said was so true in life is, uh, <clears throat> you know, so many of us go in so many directions that have nothing to do with on track and the direction that God wants us to go. It's, it's just one life that God wants us to live, just one. And what God asks us really is all very simple. It's as simple as what a little six or seven-year-old boy was trying to tell his grandpa, that if you'll stay in the middle of the road, it doesn't matter how fast you go, stay in the middle of the road and you'll eventually get to where you're supposed to be. That's so true. That's, that's true of what Joshua was trying to say here. He says, guys, and, and I've told you, he said all about the enemy and we've walked through it before. He says, we've, we've wiped this enemy out, we've wiped this enemy out, but there's still some of the enemy that's still around us and you're going to have to be uh, willing to go ahead and wipe the rest of this enemy out. Don't let them stay in the land. Uh, you guys, you got to make sure you don't become buddy-buddy uh, with them. I don't want you bowing down to their idols. I don't even want you saying the names of their idols in your household. I don't want you uh, taking them in marriage, and I don't want you to give your children to them in marriage. I do not want you having anything to do with the enemy around you. And verse 6 kind of uh, really pegs it all. Can you go back there with me again? If there's a middle of the road, if there's a stripe that runs down the middle of the road, I think verse 6 is probably it. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. And notice what he says after that, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left. Can you hear somebody saying, Papaw, just stay in the middle. Don't go off to the, to the right hand or to the left. Just stay on track with the Word of God. So number one tonight, if I can just tell you, Joshua's number one concern was that Israel would stay in the law. That's what is on track for them, which would be for you and me tonight, stay in the Word of God. Don't get away from God's Word and then courageously obey it. It's interesting to me that Joshua in chapter 1, back in verse 9, one of the great commands that was given to him was, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. 
And now here's Joshua, the old aged man, looking now upon all those people who were really much younger than him, remember, how uh, he's... Uh, um, had, have, has lived so many years much longer than them and he's looking out over them and he's saying to them the same thing God told him Joshua knows how well the word of God served him and he knows if the people will get it into their hearts if they'll just try to do what I was led to do I know this nation can be blessed and I know God can take them on to, to greater heights first thing he told them was be very courageous when they obeyed the law why be courageous when I'm reading the Bible and just seeing what God wants me to do in the Bible, why would somebody have to say to me, be very courageous now, be strong, uh, don't start wavering whatsoever? Well, because Moses commanded them in the law to completely wipe out the Canaanites. Okay, you say, well, they've almost got the job done. But I just want to remind you that these Canaanites were a very wicked people. And he strictly forbade the marriage between them. This would have tainted uh, the, the pure bloodline that Christ was to come through. Uh, Charles and I were talking about that just this past week, that that's one of the reasons that God wanted all the Canaanites wiped out because of what they represented, how wicked they were, and that they wouldn't get the bloodline of the, the Hebrew children tainted with uh, the wicked people. And God told them, I want them wiped out. Now, I know these are a fierce people, and I know it's going to take great courage and great strength from God to be able to destroy them. Remember Israel when they came upon, uh, you know, Canaan land the first time? Uh, here they are sitting there trying to decide, do we go on a cross or not? And 10 spies came back with a wicked report, and, and they were saying, man, when we measured ourselves between us and them, we were like just these little grasshoppers, and these guys were these great giants. I don't know if anybody's here ever gotten into a fight with anybody before. I mean, a literal fight. But it's not such a bad thing with the guy you're looking eyeball to eyeball. But when you're looking up at a man and he's a full head taller than you, uh, you're going to think twice about whether you want to get in a fight with that guy. And these guys were much taller, much broader, much stronger. And uh, it was going to take the courage and the strength of God upon them to be able to step into the battle and fight that battle. But the foremost idea of what Joshua was trying to get a, across to these people was to know what the law says and then courageously obey that. Just a little carryover for us here tonight. Um, basically, do what's in the book of the law here, guys. Please get into the Bible, know what the Bible says, and do what the Bible says, and don't go away from it. Don't get off to the right hand or to the left hand. And then if I could say this, to our young people especially tonight, please listen to me. You're going to have to be very strong and courageous to go up against the enemy that is out there. There is an enemy that is much stronger in some ways than we are, much taller than we are, more numerous than what we are. And you're going to have to make a decision tonight. Who am I going to... Um, who, who am I, I going to get in line with? Who am I going to get behind as a leader? Who am I going to choose to obey? And when you choose that it's God, then get in line and, and be strong in the Lord and understand God can give you the strength to overcome any of the enemies that's going to come your way. That was Joshua's command to them. He knows that he had courage in the Lord. He knew that he was strong in Christ. He knew what God could do, but he was going to be dying. He's trying to tell them that. I'm not long on this earth any longer. Will you guys please get it in your heart 
how great a God it is that we serve and get in this Bible and don't go away from it. His number one concern was that Israel would stay in the law, the Word of God, and then courageously obey what it says. So what does that mean to you and me? I look back and I see all of the law. Think about all the commands that God had and all the ordinances that they had to obey. All those little things that, of course, Jesus Christ, are you listening? Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all those things for us now. Praise God, we don't have to offer all the animal sacrifices and make sure we do all the little nuances and things that they did and obey the different things about planting different crops uh, together and, and weaving certain kind of... Uh, uh, materials together that you weren't supposed to mix together all those things i mean jesus christ fulfilled all the demands the righteous demands of the law so what would verse six mean to you and me tonight be courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of moses that you turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left what's that mean tonight we don't need to go back into the old testament law we still hold to the moral law the Ten Commandments, obviously. But if I can just mention some of these things tonight, if I can challenge this here this evening to the boys and the girls here tonight. And mom and dad, I know we've heard these things for many years, but it always challenges me and encourages my heart when a pastor or a preacher gets up and just nails some of these things again to remind us of some of the things that we need to make sure, do a little check every now and then to make sure I'm in the middle of the road and I'm not running down a ditch, bouncing my vehicle all over the place. So number one, if I can say some of these things here tonight, can we just get it settled here tonight that this is the Word of God? Could we all just give a little hearty amen to that? This is the Word of God. I believe God has preserved His Word in the King James Bible. I believe God has it for us perfectly, just the way God wanted us to have that. And we need to understand that this is God's Word. Beginning to end Genesis 1 1 to Revelation 22 21 it is all the word of God and it is everything that man needs to know how to live his life by and if I choose to live my life guys listen by the word of God that my life would be blessed and that my enemies can be taken care of and wiped out and that God would walk alongside of me as long as I choose and I know and understand that this is think about it the word of God it's what God wanted man to have there is no greater God there is no greater sacrifice that was paid for you and me to be able to have what we have in our heart and our soul here tonight and just like Israel wiped out the greatest of enemies God wiped out the greatest enemy for me and you to have what we have tonight God fought for us and gave his life his very son for us here tonight and if we can just remember this evening thousands of men and women have shed their blood and have given their lives so that you and me so you and I can have this book to be able to read and to know that we serve the God of God's right here tonight in this book right here when I can get that settled in my heart and I know that then I mean that's a pretty narrow track to stay on I don't have to wonder what, how far off I need to veer. Uh, Papa, if you'll just stay in the middle of the road, if you just stay right where this book is, that's where the greatest of blessings will come to your life. I believe that. I have found that to be very true in my life.
then do all that is written in this book. Do all that is written in this book. Amen? Do you know some Christians are just Psalms and Proverbs Christians? Is everybody still with me tonight? Does anybody know what I mean when I say that? There's been some books I've read over the years, just some uh, old adventure books and things like that, and some other uh, good Christian books that I've read. And to be honest with you, I personally could have just read chapters 4 and 5 and left chapters 1 to 3 and 6 on to the end of the book out. They were good chapters, but I didn't get very much out of those chapters And they were probably very good for me, but I just didn't want to read the rest of those chapters. I liked the action that was in chapters 5 and 6. You know, there's a lot of Christians like that with the Bible. Your Psalms and Proverbs Christians. Now, it could be other books of the Bible or other places. But you find yourself more in those places. Now, there's nothing wrong with being in Psalms and Proverbs a lot. But if that's the only place you go and you go to all the time, and you've never read Genesis to Revelation, you're missing out on so much in what the Bible has for you. How are you going to know how to do all that's in this book unless you read the whole book? You know what I'm saying? Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have read the entire Bible all the way through? I know there's a lot of you in here that have read Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus about 72 times. Numbers, Deuteronomy, I'm just going back to the Psalms. I'm just saying, how are you going to know how to do all that's written in this book if you don't read the whole book? Um, some Christians are hit and miss Bible readers and, and obeyers. We're really strong on certain parts and totally negligent on others. I mean, we shouted out about the blood atonement. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that pays for my sin debt. I think I can get a good hearty amen if I call for one on that. Then we plug our ears about tithing. We love to hear about Christ's second coming. Yeah, buddy, that's exciting to me to think that that rapture could happen tonight and we could be out of here, and that does excite me. I love uh, thinking and preaching about the second coming of Christ, but we nod off during messages on personal witnessing, faithfulness to the house of God, and other things. So I want to challenge us tonight, guys, to be on track, to be in the middle of the road where God would have us to be do all that is written in this book and do it very courageously. Number three tonight, let's just get it settled that the assembly of baptized believers is the church, the body of Christ. Those of us that assemble together tonight as a body of believers at a local church, a body of baptized believers are the body of Christ on this earth. We are his church, and God requires faithfulness to its attendance. I know when I preach about this, and it's like Sunday night, Wednesday night, I know, does everybody understand what it means when a preacher says, I know I'm preaching to the choir, when you're sitting there and you've never sung in the choir one time? Does everybody understand what it means to preach to the choir? I'm just curious. Seriously. And everybody else who's not raising your hand does not understand that statement. I've used statements in my life, and I'm just assuming everybody understands what I'm talking about. Hobnobbing. What's some of those other things I have used? And I just wonder if everybody knows what those words even mean nowadays. Preaching to the choir means I know I'm preaching to the faithful people that have heard these things a thousand times. That's all, that's all that means. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir tonight. You're here on a snowy night. 
uh, uh, people would love to have stayed home and wrapped uh, some kind of a throw around themselves and drink hot chocolate on a night like tonight, but that's not who you are, and I praise God for that. But God requires faithfulness to the attendance of the body of Christ. Again, a very common verse, but it's still very true for us here tonight. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So don't forsake being in the house of God. This is the body of believers that God has given his life for. This is church. This is where God wants us to be. It's where God wants us to be faithful. Uh, Be faithful in attendance. Be here every service. When the doors are open, just determine, I want to be where the assembly is. I want to be that assembled body of believers. I want to try to encourage somebody. I want to be an edifier. I I just don't want to be another 98.6 sitting on a pew somewhere that just disappears after the service. God, use me at the house of God. I want to get to church. I want to be a part of that body. I want to be a viable, usable part of this church and let God use me. Get it settled that the assembly of baptized believers is the church. It is the body of Christ. And he requires faithfulness, faithfulness not just to its attendance. Let me just say this one. It's been a while since I preached and said a whole lot about this. But God requires faithfulness to its gifting or what I would give. I've never been one to look at the offerings and the reports to see who gives and doesn't give. I do require that our deacons and elected officials are faithful tithers. Um, But I I don't know whether you guys give or not, so I can say this very objectively and look you in the eyeballs and assume everybody here gives 10% of all that you make, the gross of what you make. And then on top of that, your tithes and offerings. I'm assuming that everybody here just is obedient to the Word of God, and you've got it settled, and you, you've planted your feet in the middle of the road, and you know what God says, that if I'll bless those who can give and those who don't give, the curse is upon us. Do we, do we know and understand that tonight? I'm just saying, please get it settled tonight. If you have lost faith and trust in a holy God who gave you salvation and will take you to heaven and somehow think that He's not going to provide for you if you give 10% of what really already belongs to Him, Friend, you've gone a long way away from the middle of the road. You're you're out of the ditch long way into the field. I'm telling you. Just understand God requires faithfulness to the attendance of the house of God, faithfulness to giving to the house of God. Give your tithes and offerings to the Lord and God can bless you. He requires faithfulness to its service. Are you serving? Are you doing anything at the house of God? Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God saved me so that I could work. God saved me that I could get busy and do something for God. Look around and see what there is to do at the house of God. I've said it before. Blake came up one time and said, Pastor, anything I can do. Can I I clean up? Can I do something at church? And they still, still come early. As often as you can he will get here and he'll clean up and pick up and empty trash and do different things just because he wants to do something at the house of God find something you were saved to serve and if you can just get that settled in your heart tonight that's what God saved me for then get it settled that we are great commissioned people please listen to that 
get it settled that we are Great Commission people. Nobody else has been given such a plan as his church has. And nobody else is empowered like his church. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power. Think about what he's saying here. If I decide I'm going to go out and be a witness for the Lord, listen to what God says about this. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what God was saying there when he named all those places was literally starting at home in our Jerusalem, working your way out to the surrounding communities that are around us and then into our state and, our, and then our, our country, then around the world. And God's simply saying, when you go out, I've given you my power to be able to be that kind of a witness. Understand, there's nobody else on earth that's been given this kind of a commission and the power that God wants to give to those that are willing to be a testimony and a witness. In Sunday school, I've been trying to teach and to encourage our hearts to get out there and to begin being a witness for the people that you work with and your neighbors and people you visit in the hospital. We've got to be great commission people. Get in the middle of the road, understand that's what this book is all about, and when God commands us to obey the law, and for you and me, that's the Bible, then get on the road and get on track and begin serving in those ways. And then do it courageously. I've said it before, the battle we're facing is fierce. The enemy has fortified his people well. I hate watching the news anymore. Every now and then I want to turn it on and see what's happening. I just want to see what they're saying about us. I just want to see how they act toward us. It's wicked. And because we take a stand for the things of God... Boy, are we going to be facing it here over the next several years and until Jesus comes back. The enemy has fortified his people very well. Their forces are great in number. By ourselves, we have no hope against this world. But guys, with God fighting our battles through us, we can accomplish everything that he commands us to do. I really believe that. If we can find just a group of Christians who will just determine that they will get on this spot that God has given for me and you to stand on. Can I read verse 6 one more time? Be ye therefore very courageous, look at it, to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, and here it is, that you turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left. That's very simple. Would you agree with that? It's not a hard thing for us to understand what he's saying there. Turn not aside therefrom to the, uh, to the right hand or to the left. Don't go to the left and think there's something better in this life that can fulfill your needs any greater than the assembly of the house of God. Don't go to the left. Get off track and, uh, and somehow think that this book of books can be taken so lightly that you can just walk away from the commands that's in this book. And don't go so far to the left that you think there are other missions in life, other tasks, other duties, hobbies, and things that I, I seem to enjoy so much other goals that somehow exceed the fact that we are great commissioned people. God told us to get in the middle and don't go to the left hand and don't go to the right. Don't go to the right of this book and become proud in your achievements. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think uh, simply because you know, you're pretty good at what you do. And we've got some folks that are very good at what they do for the Lord here. And I thank God for that. 
And there's nothing wrong with being proficient and efficient and good at what God has gifted you with. But what is horribly wrong is to get lifted up in pride and to think that you are good. That it's people want to see me, and I, I want them to see me. God help us to not get off to the right hand of the Word of God, understanding if it wasn't for the cross, I couldn't have anything that I have tonight. You've become useless when you go off to, to, from the, the left hand or, or to the right from center point in the Word of God. Don't get to the right of this book and begin to add to what's already there. Don't begin to get so comfortable with this book that you begin to add your own version to its guidelines. Well, here's what I think it means, and and God doesn't really mind if I'm doing this in my life. I mean, hey, look where we're at in society today. I'm not so bad compared to. And guys, when you compare yourself to society that's way over here, you got to get over next to them to compare yourself. Get back in center of the road and realize I don't compare myself with any others, I look to the Word of God and whatever the Bible says, this is where God wants me to, to be. Don't go therefrom to the left hand and don't go to the right. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left. Remember, there's a ditch on either side of the road. And when you decide, I, it's okay, I can veer off just a little bit. Some of you might want to look at your lives tonight and be honest and do an honest examination of where you are, the little things you're allowing to run through your mind that you know should never be doing, the things you're allowing yourself to view and read, the way you're drifting away from God's Word doesn't mean as much to you. Guys, be careful. I'm telling you, there's a ditch on either side of the road and there's slopes on either side of that and your vehicle could be upside down real fast i'm just telling you sometimes when you read the word of god and you hear the rumble bars letting you know that you've gone way off track all god is saying to us tonight is really very simple stay on track hey papaw if you just stay in the middle of the road it doesn't matter how fast you go just stay on the middle of the road and you'll get to the end eventually that's so true Stay in the Word of God and be honest about where you're at with the Lord tonight. I I trust and pray God maybe even whispers to your heart this evening about your walk with Him. Let Him have His way with you tonight. Amen. Would you please consider that? We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. If you would bow your head with me, heads bowed and eyes closed. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.